Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. This is episode 82, and in case you're listening via a podcast, you may even want to go through this broadcast twice, and here's why. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you the key to interpreting the book of Revelation. And by that, I'm, I'm not just referring to who's the guy on the white horse in Revelation 6, or who's the Antichrist, or what are the seven thunders. There's a lot of details in the book of Revelation, but what we're going to be talking about today is how do you interpret the whole substance of the book of Revelation. And here's the question, really. Are the events described in Revelation chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, all the way till 18, the whole next section we're about to investigate? In fact, you could say the whole book. Are, are the events mentioned in the book past or future? Or maybe both, both past and future. In Biblical prophecy, the, the, the school within theology studying biblical prophecy, is called eschatology. It simply means the study of the last things. Eschatos in Greek means last. And in eschatology, there's a very short, pithy phrase that summarizes what I'm going to be sharing with you today as the key to interpreting the book of Revelation. And that short phrase is already and not yet. Well, that's pretty simple. It doesn't really help me a bit. Well, believe me, before you get lost into the details, you have to get this one down. And you could be reading a study Bible. You could be studying a commentary and you really need to know where the author is coming from and how he or she is interpreting the entire book. So what does already and not yet refer to? Well, the already means that the substance of the book of Revelation is in the past. And I have shown you already, because you don't get past the first paragraph of the book of Revelation, there are very obvious historical markers for situations that were occurring in the first century. St. John says so explicitly. Also, I shared with you one of my professor's very wise sayings in that the book of Revelation made sense. In other words, it wasn't a bunch of pardon me, prophetic nonsense. In other words, something that had no relevance whatsoever for people who are about to lose their lives for their testimony of Jesus Christ. No, the book of Revelation made sense historically. That's the already. But what about the not yet? A lot of people through the history of the church recognize that yeah, this, this, this has had some historical rootedness, and it's pretty obvious for that, but also it seems to talk about things particularly leading up to the end of the world, the end of at least the, the, this present age prior to the return of Jesus Christ. So is it past or is it future? And 
there are whole schools of prophecy built on these. Now, both schools, the, the past school, the historic school, is called preterist. The future school is called futuristic, okay? Now, if any of this is sounding familiar for those of us, uh, for those of you who were with us during our study of the Gospels, the prophetic sections of the Gospels, this should sound very familiar because this is the exact same question that you have to answer when you're interpreting the prophetic sections of the Gospels as well as when you're trying to interpret the book of Revelation. Are these passages talking about something in the first century, or are they talking about something in the future, or could they possibly be referring to both past and future? Now, just so you know, probably most of your favorite Catholic uh, teachers and writers are preterists. In other words, they would favor seeing the events in the book of Revelation as something primarily pertaining to the first century. They may tip their hats a little bit not saying closing off anything regarding the future, but they're basically going to locate the book of Revelation in the first century. And I don't know exactly why, but those particularly with a uh, strong intellectual bent tend to go this direction. And you can understand the book of Revelation as well as the prophetic sections of the Gospels this way, but if you take the both position, which is the one I'm advocating, uh, it's not anti-intellectual because, as far as I can tell, three of the brightest minds in the entire history of the Catholic Church hold to the both position, both already and not yet. The first is Pope Benedict. When we were studying the Gospels, we were in the Gospel of St. Luke, and he showed that, yes, the judgments that Jesus was announcing applied above all to the destruction of Jerusalem in the year 70 AD. But then he says, but the threat of judgment also regards us, the Church of Europe and the West in general. So Pope Benedict is both a preterist plus a futurist. It's already and not yet. St. Thomas Aquinas in the Summa, he says this, he states the objection. It seems that in Holy Writ, a word cannot have several senses. He says, on the contrary, since the literal sense is that which the author intends, and since the author of Holy Writ is God, who by one act comprehends all things by his intellect, it is not unfitting, as Augustine says, if even according to the literal sense, one word in Holy Writ should have several senses. So in other words, even if you can see the historical setting in which this was initially written, and I'm referring now to the book of Revelation, to consign it all to the past, and maybe just tip your hat to the future, but really consign it to the past, well, then you're basically the already camp but a very, very tiny, small case, not yet. I'm going to read to you a portion of a good Catholic commentary, one of the best, 
And I want you to tell me where they are. Imagine a seesaw, already not yet, trying to have a balanced position. Tell me where this one comes out. And it's referring to Revelation 6, the unfolding of the seals and these apocalyptic events about to happen. And here it is. Scenes of apocalyptic disaster may be understood, literally, as describing the end of the world and the consummation of history, or symbolically. Though a literal fulfillment cannot be ruled out for the future, the woes unleashed by the seven seals are parallel to the eschatological woes that Jesus warned would seize the world just before the Roman conquest of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Now, to be fair, this comment is both already and not yet, both the past historical sense, and it says you cannot rule out the future. But that's not exactly saying both and, does is it? It's, it's really saying it's historically rooted, but we can't just shut the door because too many in the church have left that door to the future open. I'm going to offer you something I think is very simple because really the work has been done for you to figure out this big question, the key interpretive question to the entire book of Revelation, is it already or is it not yet? And by the way, the folks, the rapture at any moment folks on uh, prophecy shows and radio and TV from some of our Protestant friends, and by the way, not all Protestants by any means believe that, but um, they're all future. They don't, they really, they'll just tip their hat to the past, the historical meaning, but just say this is all future. And really, we're trying to advocate both already and not yet. I'm going to read to you uh, four quick sections from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and we're going to be offering this to you. It's, it's, it's nothing really fancy, but if you want a copy of this, I think it's very helpful if your eyes can actually see my underlining, which I'll try to emphasize, just kind of listen to my voice a little bit. I'll try to emphasize it. But if you want an email to showing these sections of the catechism, send an email to askthehost at gmail.com to say, send me the episode 82 handout, and we'll get that to you. And it basically is starting in section 670 of the catechism. And listen, since the ascension, God's plan has entered into its fulfillment. We are already at the last hour. So since Christ returned to heaven, okay, he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, then we've entered already the last phase of human history. That's why eschatology has the already. The next paragraph, Catechism 671, though already present in his church, Christ's reign is nevertheless yet to be fulfilled with power and great glory by the king's return to earth. And so in 671, you have already and nevertheless not yet. And the not yet is the second coming, obviously future. That hasn't happened yet. Now, paragraph 680, Christ the Lord already reigns through the church, but all the things of this world are not yet subjected to him. 
the triumph of Christ's kingdom will not come about without one last assault by the powers of evil. And of course, that's what's talking about in the book of Revelation. We're going to come up to in the rise of the false prophet and the beast. This is part of the not yet. And then paragraph 675, it simply says, before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. And this is a warning that before the second coming, there's not yet things uh, revealed in Scripture. There's not yet things that have happened on the earth. There is a future aspect to the teaching of the book of Revelation. And when we say there's things future, we're not ignoring the historical. What we're trying to do is bring both together. And I'll tell you why. Section 675 of the Catechism warns that before the second coming, there's going to be a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. What if, and I've noticed this on a lot of good Catholic folks today, what if they think that everything regarding persecution and having to give your life for testimony to Jesus is something past, and you're not prepared for this in the future? These people could have their faith shaken, just like the rapture people who are promising people that will be delivered from any forms of persecution. No, there is a first century fulfillment to the book of Revelation, and there is an intensified final fulfillment, and we'll be interpreting this whole book with both in mind. I'm Steve Wood, your host. You've been listening to episode 82 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.